T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Well, we have a big show this morning, and I'm glad to say that. Ryan Wiggins, Wiggins America with you, and I'm glad to be here for two hours because we have packed the whole thing. Can't say that about every morning. Won't lie to you, but this one is. Coming up in just this hour alone, Trisha Siekman's going to step in studio. She's one of our favorite cast members, and since old Roy is so busy that he has no time for us, uh, she is the only cast member, so it's easy to call her the favorite. She's also my least favorite. Ian Camacho will be in also this hour. He was here last week. If you were here and download the podcast or you happen to tune in in the second hour, we're going to have him the first hour this week, kind of switch things up a little bit just to keep it fresh. But he is uh, with Look Ahead America, and he's going to be updating us on everything election-related that they're doing. And the reason I'm having him back is because they just did – some some pretty good work with the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger in Georgia that I want to update on just since last week. And so it's it's that new. And they just released a whole report on Racine County, Wisconsin. And these guys and girls, however many of them there are at Look Ahead America, they're they're very fact-based. That's what I like about them. It's just like Dinesh D'Souza. He's not going to work with somebody unless he really trusts them. And True the Vote, if you watch that movie or you followed it at all, I should probably get an update on that, too. I actually watched 2,000 Mules, and I can't say I was disappointed. I can just say that I already knew everything in the movie. (laughs) I had researched it so much that watching the movie was a little bit like, oh, well, this is just kind of rehashing everything I already knew. So I can't say it's a bad movie. It was just no new information to me personally. But like True the Vote, they had stats a lot of data to back up what they're saying. Ian Camacho with Look Ahead America does the same. And sometimes they actually debunk election fraud claims. Other times they say, no, this one's got legs. So he'll be back to talk about those two states in particular, Wisconsin and Georgia. And then next hour, really looking forward to this. Corey Johnston is a pastor in Illinois who gave a sermon last week. First time I'd ever, I'd, you know, heard a lot of his sermons before. He doesn't talk about deep spiritual supernatural stuff, but he gave the testimony of when he became a Christian, I guess probably 15 years ago, 10 years ago now, and it's got a lot of really supernatural stuff in it, and he was kind of nervous to share it, and I said, hey, let me make you more nervous and invite you on the radio to tell it. So he's going to do that, and he will be nervous coming in at the beginning of next hour to tell a very personal, very supernatural story. Please stick around for that. In the meantime, American media export Wiggins America. A couple of stories I wanted to get to right off the bat here that aren't getting any attention at all. But get this, the Biden administration on Thursday authorized 
completion of the Trump-funded U.S.-Mexico border wall in an open area of southern Arizona, near Yuma, Arizona, where there are four wide gaps that make it among the busiest corridors for illegal crossings. I can't believe I'm actually sharing this story with you because I can't believe that they are doing anything. They have been, as you know, deliberately doing nothing for a very long time. And this is something. It's not everything, but it's something. Are we beginning to see maybe that coin turn a little bit? I don't know. I don't even know what it means to turn a coin. That's a phrase I just made up. But I'm hopeful that maybe we are. The Department of Homeland Security said in a statement that the work to complete the project near the Morelos Dam will better protect migrants who can get hurt slipping down a slope or drown walking through a low section of the Colorado River. So they're not even saying that they're doing it to stop illegal immigration. They're saying it because they're just concerned about people's safety. So I don't know really if we're really crossing a major bridge there. I don't know really if we're turning a coin there. (laughs) That's going to be my thing now. That's going to be my holy jumping. But it is good news. These are just four areas that they were about to complete right when Biden took office and just stopped all of it. And as you probably know, I'm saying these things as if you know, but I don't know if you know, these projects are all funded. That wall, at least what was going to be completed, was already funded. So the Biden administration has literally been paying people, contractors who and and material makers and everything to to do nothing. They, they're being paid to literally do nothing. I mean, that's a pretty good gig. But I have a feeling that if you were doing the work, you'd rather just do the work. You're getting paid to do it, and we're paying them as tax funded do- with tax funded dollars to do nothing right now. So as we said, this is already funded. This is just a no brainer decision to do it. But I guess. Good news that it is happening. America. That is wonderful news. So I got an article here that is about election heroes that are stopping fraudulent voting right now. And I'm sharing this simply because there's mostly bad news on these fronts. And I'm trying to, like, turn the corner. I'm trying to turn the coin. <laughs> there we go. And get past where we were and look ahead to where we are and where we're going, which I think is mostly positive. Now, we're not there yet. That's why we're talking about it, because there's still a lot of work to do. But here's the deal, and this is a great report, because it talks about voter rolls that are crammed with millions of voters who seldom, occasionally, or never vote, and Democrat-leaning organizations that are running voter registration drives in communities, collecting the identities of these very people that they expect will never vote. Remember ACORN? They were going around registering drug addicts on the street. Not because they wanted to get their votes, but because they knew they never would vote. Uh, They aren't expected to vote. So state-funded groups like ERIC are paid by a dozen state governments, some with clueless Republican governors, to make sure almost nobody has ever taken off voter rolls. ERIC is an organization, ERIC, that provides institutional cover for these voters who never vote. Basically, this, this is a problem that's been going on for a long time, and then you have vote harvesters that come in and take advantage of that. Well, in some states like Wisconsin, these groups actually had access to those voter rolls, something nobody else had. And these were leftist groups. They could track every voter and vote for all of them if they didn't show up in 2020. Now, I'm not saying they did vote for all of them. I'm saying they had access to who they were and could if they wanted to. That's bad news. That's setting it up for fraud. 
So here's where I want to point out where good news is happening because you're not hearing much of it. Voter integrity teams are now applying advanced computer technology to thwart this very thing from happening by deep cleaning these voter rolls. So in 2022, the vote harvesting industry will again flood the zone if they're, I mean, if they're going to continue the same tactics as before, which I wouldn't expect they would, duality here, I wouldn't expect that they would change much. I also expect that they would be much more aware of the, this, the pushback against them. We've all become much more aware that these things exist and that they happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to happen. I also wouldn't be surprised if they morph and try to get smarter. But here's how we're getting smarter. Several voter integrity teams using advanced artificial intelligence technology can check every registrant registrant at silicon speed against over 30 databases with a billion records ensuring that the registrant is not living in an RV park, a church, a UPS store, and that the address meets current legal standards. Living in an apartment where you do not designate the apartment number? Sorry, you aren't voting this year. Registering from a church? There better be enough bathrooms to meet the certificate of occupancy because you can't do that. These are that's, This is ways people get around these things. And so states that are enacting this and for the first time, most of them, voter integrity integrity teams have technology that ballot harvesters can't outrun. That is great news, and it is happening across this country, and it is not being reported on. More Weeds America, like I said, pack show coming up. Be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. We're on. Stop coughing. Yes. Wait, I didn't have your mic on. Now you're on. Okay, now cough. Because I do it all the time. <laughs> but you've got like reasons and stuff. Well, you, it's not your cough. You're not coughing for fun. <laughs> you know, it'll be fun. Let's just go in there and cough. You have good excuses. Mine are pretty lame. <laughs> COVID and stuff. Yeah, right. That's. That's just an excuse. Co- I really can't get rid of this COVID cough. Do you have long COVID? I don't know. I guess. It, Probably. Are we, maybe. are we attributing things to long COVID now that are just average things? I had a headache this morning. That's probably long COVID. 
I think you just answered that question. So, some I, did colleague, you talk about something real? Yeah, I do. But what, some colleague of my wife found out that he's got like some sort of weird something with his esophagus. He was having trouble breathing. It's kind of like apnea, mm-hmm. but not quite the same because he's not asleep when it's happening. And uh, he went to the doctor and is like, man, I really need to get this figured out because it's really driving me crazy. And they're like, you know what? We don't really know what that is. We're going to literally told him we're going to chalk that up to long COVID. No. I just said long COVID and then that's it. They didn't fix anything. And they didn't even label it right. Okay, bye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that that will be it. $200. Like, I heard that story and I'm Go like, home. my gosh, how many things throughout this whole era have we just attributed to COVID? And probably a lot of it is because mm-hmm. it's such a weird virus because it was made, <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not created, it was created, not formed. But uh, yeah, like how many things now are we just like the whole deaths and hospitals thing? Like, well, somebody died. They might have had covid they also got shot in the face mm-hmm. but, but they died with covid they died with covid so we're gonna get on this covid anyway that's not at all what i was this gonna ask took you about a turn this yeah. is not what you brought me in you started for. coughing i it's apologize you you should did i apologize i'm no, very sorry you for that frivolous it. coughing no you actually said you're happy that i do it that's what you said i enjoy it yeah <laughs> it seems like you don't so i'm like yeah there he goes again <laughs> you having a good time yeah <laughs> anytime oh, i just lose kick it, out of it and i'm yeah. getting red in the face mm-hmm. and i'm just like like spitting up absolute garbage out uh-huh. of my mouth you're like oh man this is a good time <laughs> so much fun <laughs> he is a party guy not at all uncomfortable right now <laughs> so uh my question for you in this short segment was did you watch the movie i told you to watch last I weekend i did in the Tall Grass, yeah. Stephen King slash Joe Hill, which is Joe, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son, wrote the short story. What did you think? I didn't love it. Oh, no. But I understood why you did. Nobody likes that movie except me. I like, I think I like the things you probably like the most about it. The way they play with time. Mm-hmm. I found that intriguing and interesting. I think that the concept itself was... Eh. Dumb? Eh. Oh, I just love that like the, the 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 whole story is some people walk into some tall grass in a field mm-hmm. and they they park their car, they walk into the grass, and then they literally cannot get out because the laws of physics are completely different in the grass. Yeah. I love that. I know. I understand scary. why you like that. Okay. But I you just, don't like it. Eh, it's okay. I Nobody okay. likes it but me. Don't worry about it's all right. it. I thought maybe I had found a I kindred. I understood the 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think I'd give it closer to a 47. <laughs> maybe yeah. even 50. Because I do no, think. No, stick with your gut. Okay, 47. But I okay. did appreciate the way they played with time and the washing out of those laws of physics yeah. and being okay with that. I honestly don't remember the end of the movie because I think the end was kind of lame, wasn't it? Like it just kind of ends. You just watched it. Well, you remember? I know. I remember. Okay. I was just trying to figure out how to not how to do not spoilers. Spoil mm-hmm. I thought, given it for a horror film, and had a relatively satisfying ending. Okay. Okay. Well, here's another one. I'm going to throw this one at you. Maybe Great. for next week as your homework wait. assignment. This is. Have you seen Spiderhead? No. Not scary. Not a scary movie at all. Spider based though. No. Nothing about spiders. Okay. It's called Spiderhead because it's Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. And he is a doctor slash research tech that sits in kind of this 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 tower room 
that they they call the spider head because it's got a bunch of rooms around it like legs. So they just call it the spider head. And uh, throughout the the story, he's always doing different experiments in these different rooms. Oh, I like this concept already. Mm-hmm. And and the, then the people in the rooms like interact with each other outside of the rooms, but a lot they don't always know what's going on in the other rooms. Okay. So Where can I watch it? Netflix. And you should. I my, will. My wife started watching it last night based on my recommendation. She got about halfway through it before she fell asleep and was loving it. Was so, she loving it? Yeah, she was. Does she like the same stuff you do? Mm, we have crossover. We both love thrillers. Mm-hmm. And this one is a weird one because it's both a mystery thriller and there's a lot of weird dark comedy in okay, it. Okay, don't tell me anymore because Kay. this does sound very intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I will watch this. It is. I watch what you tell me to watch. Good. And most of the time, you hate it. Yeah. Just like you mm-hmm. did in the tall grass. I didn't hate it. Look, somebody listening. I liked it 47%. Tell me. That's not even halfway there. <laughs> somebody tell. <laughs> so 53% dislike. Yeah. <laughs> 47% like. I need to hear from somebody who watched in the tall grass or is going to and enjoyed it or will enjoy it. The 36% out there. seems weird to ask somebody to contact me based on the fact that they will enjoy it. (laughs) But, you know, if you think you might. Yes, this is Ryan Wiggins of Wiggins America. (laughs) I think I'm going to like that movie. I'm going to sit down and watch this movie tonight. And I'm just telling you, just from that awesome description you gave. Based on what you said. And Trisha gave it less than half of a positive review. I like it. But sounds like, yeah, it sounds like my kind of movie. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and do some serious questions in a minute, but we're going to talk to Ian Camacho again, just like we did last week, but he's got some updates this week. Uh, He's got some stuff out of Georgia and Wisconsin. This is all voter roll stuff and fact-based stuff. That's why I love talking to him. He'll be next right here. 97.1 FM Talk. I've got Ian Camacho on the phone from Look Ahead America. He's a research. Are you head of research there? Is that what your title is? Kind of, yeah. I mean, but uh, the title is uh, Director of Research. Director of Research. So uh, we talked to you last weekend, but we knew that you had some news coming up. And I said, well, let, then let's just reconnect and do another segment on everything that's happening right now. Because you had some news out of Georgia. What exactly were you doing? You were presenting something in Georgia? So Georgia is similar. Like, so what we did before in 2021 was present all the reports we had for every you know state that was in question, or the four, four of the main states. We did Georgia, we did Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Arizona. Um, but once we had done the reports and saying, hey, you know, this exceeds the number of you know, the margin of victory. Excuse me. Um, we had all this data, and I was like, well, this is just silly to just sit on it. We should at least present it to the authorities and say, hey, this is you know this is a case where this is an illegal voter or seems to be an illegal voter. Like, check into this. Um, as a result, not only are we having that uh, investigations going on in Wisconsin, we talked about before, we have a lot of them going on in the Secretary of State's office in Georgia. Um, so let's yeah, let's dig into that a little bit because you're talking about Brad Raffensperger being the Secretary of State there, right? Yes, sir. So you've had uh, an open. He's had an open ear to what you had to say. Well, funny enough, uh, the first time when our when our report came out, he dismissed it. I don't think he even looked at it, and he was just kind of was like, "Oh, it's it's debunked nonsense or whatever." He hadn't obviously seen it. Um, and funny enough, is like you know our our methods, of course, were this is post election. Our stuff was dismissed, even though the National Change of Address or the NCOA is what he has used to you know clear out over a hundred thousand voters from the roll since. So we're like, well, which is it, Brad? Is it invalid? If so, why are you using it? Or is it valid? And if that's the case, how can our stuff be, you know, debunked or whatever, right? 
So that's just the kind of bias we received and just kind of the dismissiveness. But now I think because he's running for re-election, uh, he's using it to clean up. I mean, hey, you know, points to him and the Secretary of State's office for actually looking into the data. We, we wish this had been done earlier, but at least, you know, I guess uh, better late than never. But they are, you know, opening up a number of cases that we have presented their way and Hopefully something comes with some of them. So, Ian, tell us exactly what you have found in Georgia that, that you're presenting and, and that is moving forward. So um, we actually have 47 cases that have been escalated to the Secretary of State. Um, we have actually we have had three different groups. Um, one of the things I mentioned was the national change of address, where this is someone who moved out of Georgia, has no exemptions. They're not military. They're not overseas voters they're not students they're not federal workers right like they like they moved out in like 2017 it's like hey this person has been voting and shouldn't be you know because you're, you're supposed to be temporary that's the whole point of absentee not a permanent move mm-hmm. and we flagged people who permanently moved um so that was a good chunk of them we also found people who had registered at po boxes or just non-residential locations and you know claiming that these are apartments or whatever and somehow these got missed and we're saying these are not valid votes. You should not be counting these voters. And also, you know, how did these get in the system? Um, and then we also had people who uh, basically what they had done is they had gone to Georgia, registered there. They went somewhere else, registered there, another state, excuse me. And then they went back and voted in Georgia anyway. So that's obviously illegal because your new registration would make your vote in Georgia and registration in Georgia invalid. So total... How many, and we're talking 2020 here, I'm assuming, not uh, not in the other year, just 2020. Are we talking about the, the actual general election, or are you talking about the Senate election? Uh, we were talking about the general election. Okay. That's what we primarily focused on. But we did find a lot of overlap with the 2021 runoff. Okay. So how many total votes are you talking about finding here that were illegal in Georgia? So specifically, like just for example, in the P.O. Box tranche alone, uh, we found over 1,400 um, we didn't have, obviously, the resources to go through every single voter just because we didn't have the time and money and you know, we had other states to do. Um, but we did find, you know, using statistical analysis, um, you know, and things like uh, confidence intervals and, you know, margin of error, et cetera, we found that it was around a little over 13,000, basically past the margin of victory. Past the margin, kind of yeah. Extrapolate. If we were to say, okay, well, based on this sample size, you know, out of the greater universe, et cetera, we're like, okay, well, you'd find similar cases, right? Um, and, it, of course, the the media was was quick to try to debunk one of our things. Uh, and, like, they found, like, one case, like, well, yeah, luckily we accounted for margin of error. You know, like, we know there's going to be, like, a handful of, like, less than five or something. And we've had a, one or two where the clerk has said that. But most of them have actually checked out. I was like, yeah, we're going to check into this one. You know, but we account for mistakes. That's, I mean, that's what you do with statistics, and that's what you do for, you know, checking right. the data. Ian Camacho so. is with uh, Look Ahead America. And before we move on from Georgia, because we've got some news out of Wisconsin, too, here, um, how do you feel about Georgia going forward? Are they cleaning things up, you know, or can we be more confident in that state in the coming election? I mean, we are seeing investigations going on right now, so that does give me some hope. Um, they do have a while to go. They they did pass that law for voter reform. I, I will give them credit on that in Georgia. I know they were saying it's going to be voter repression, et cetera, and yet they had record turnout. So, you know, clearly that media <laughs> yeah. terror was not justified. Um, so I do have some hope. I think there's a long way to go. I don't think this means, well, you know, that, that's fine. We have nothing to worry about 2020. Because I, think tw- I don't think it's about even the outcome of 2020 per se. I think it's really more about – there's all these issues that have come to light 
And now we've got to do something about it because both parties for you know two decades have been talking about this kind of stuff and no one's really been handling it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's certainly in the light now. I mean, I'd have to think that even though they're not getting, they're not getting a lot of mainstream media coverage, everybody knows that this is an issue and there's a lot more people paying attention to it. Ian, let's uh, look at your racing report. This is for Wisconsin. I, I got a chance to kind of, to, to graze over a little bit, but, but dig into what you found in racing Wisconsin. Sure. So I'll try to summarize real quickly. We saw some, uh, we saw a claim coming out that there was over 23,000 voters with one shared phone number uh, in Racine, Wisconsin, and most of them were at jails and you know illegal locations, et cetera. And essentially, we were like, whoa, that would totally you know, blow past the margin of victory if that's true. Um, we saw it coming out of a group, an activist group called Wisconsin Hot. There was uh, Mike Lindell actually picked this up and repeated it on OAN um, and a few other places. And so we were kind of curious about it. Uh, we saw the usual media debunk, right? They're like, oh, there's nothing to this, et cetera. And all they were doing was just quoting what the Wisconsin Elections Commission was saying, mm-hmm. um, which is fine to quote them, but don't just go because the government said this is true. That makes it true. So, <laughs> yeah, that used you know, to be called journalism. Yeah. I don't know where that went. Yeah. yeah, so we said, okay, well, maybe, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's correct. Maybe they are correct, but we wanted to kind of check it and see also how did this happen? Like, right, because that's, that's pretty glaring. So, so to their credit, that is correct. Uh, there are over 23,000 voters um, that in 2020 had a, and they actually think, I think they're still there. I don't think it's entirely been remedied, but essentially they had uh, one number shared. And that uh, was because of an import, or I guess really an export error out of this, you know, Racine County. One phone um, number, you're saying? Yeah, one number, excuse me, one phone number, I apologize. Yeah, one phone number. And so what happened with that is they were saying, oh, this is, you know, proof of fraud. But the problem with that claim is that we looked deeper and it was only about, if I remember the number correctly, it was like 184 voters or so um, that actually voted. The overwhelming majority of those people were inactive. Um, I'm sorry, 184 were active. And then out of those people who actually voted, excuse me, uh, were actually only 23 people who actually voted using that, you know, shared phone number issue. So it was not enough to have swayed the election. Uh, it might have swayed like a local election, but it was nothing. Not it wasn't matching the claim. Um, and I even had called uh, people on the you know when I found their real numbers. Like we dug deeper and said, "Hey, did you actually vote? Did you know about this situation?" Um, they had signed up correctly. It was the clerk, or like it was something to do with the computer system that screwed up. And you know the WEC is just passing the buck, being like, "Well, they, you know they have to fix it." So there's definitely a problem with the election rules. That's something we've been saying. That's what we need help with is to file complaints. Um, to get these cleaned up because, you know, I'm not based in Wisconsin. We need people who are there to actually do something about this and get it cleaned up. So, Ian, um, just – Sorry. So, yeah, no, just to, just to clarify what you're, you're saying out of right racing here, you're saying that the claim was that there were 23,000 registered voters that shared one number, one phone number, and that you looked into this and, and it was only about 23 to, to 40-something voters who actually did vote using that same phone number? Yeah, it was only 23 people who actually voted. 23, okay. Um, it was, it was uh, like 184 people who were active, and everyone else was inactive. And a lot of them were people who had moved out or were dead or had merged or something like that. Um, we found nobody at jails, no, or nothing like that. You know, or if they were, they were inactive because they were canceled. Um, so none of that part, you know, sussed out. Um, and so, you know, we, I contacted uh, yeah. the group that came up with this claim. I contacted the WEC. I contacted the clerks, and I contacted, uh, you know, a couple voters. Most of them hung up on me, but I did get one, and her story checked out. Um, so we wanted to kind of drill down and say, how did this happen? So long story short, it was a, it is seen to be a computer error, 
but it's also very sloppy. And it seems like, as usual, the Wisconsin, you know, committee is uh, or commissions rather is really just passing the buck and saying it's the voters' problem, even though it's an internal problem and they should be fixing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Ian, I, I that's what the reason I love talking to you is because when you talk about claims of fraud, you guys are actually digging in and looking in to see, well, is there truth in this? Because uh, there's a lot of people out there making a lot of claims that aren't necessarily real fraud claims, but then there are real ones too. So you you. We need people like you to be out there looking into what's real, what's not, what's the hype, and what's actually happening. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing at Look Ahead America. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I want to say, like, I know Wisconsin Hot does have their heart in the right place, and they are trying to do the right thing, but we agree with you. Uh, we try to not scream fraud and say this is it without trying to understand the issues, um, because that actually kind of hurts us in the long run because it hurts your credibility and it becomes a boy cred wolf situation where no one's really listening to you anymore. And we need to get the actual issues handled. And so that's what we're here to do. Exactly. Ian, how do people connect with you if they want to either volunteer or just kind of get involved with what you're doing? Sure. Um, I would recommend going to our website, lookaheadamerica.org. Uh, and then you can click slash, or you just go to the you know, slash volunteer. You can sign up to be a volunteer there, or you can go to lookaheadamerica.org slash donate if you're not able to uh, volunteer, because this does cost money to file complaints and, and do all the requests for the data. Um, but we also have a Discord. I don't know if anyone hops on Discord. We have game night, movie night. We go to discord.gg slash lookaheadamerica, and you can interact with me and a couple other uh, people on our server right there. We've got over 3,000 members who are active. Awesome. Ian, I really appreciate what you're doing. And again, when you guys have these reports, let me know. I'd love to hear them and continue to broadcast them. Pleasure again, Ryan. Thanks again for having me on, and uh, can't wait to be back in the future. Okay, take care. All right, Trisha stuck around through Ian Camacho. Thank you. You're welcome. Man, was that painful. That was the worst. I really hope he does not go back and get the podcast to hear us say that. Just kidding. Because he will never best. be back. Yeah, oh, gosh, isn't he in the best? Yeah, he's great. He's. You know how we talked Especially about... Especially when he listens to the podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, he downloads the podcast multiple times, sends it to app. his friends. Mm-hmm. You know, where's Thank a meter? You, Ian. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah, love that. Somebody get this guy. Somebody get this guy a high five. High five. Because right now, yes. he is just hanging out high there. High five, Ian. Holding that hand in the today. air. Somebody help him. All right, let's do serious questions. You ready for this? I'm ready. Serious question. Serious question. Well, story first. Lawmakers in both parties are cheering on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi as she plows ahead with the planned visit to Taiwan in face of opposition, not only from Beijing, but also from her allies in the Biden administration. Have you been following this? Nope. Crazy story. Yeah. She was scheduled. It's funny that we talked about COVID, you know, two segments ago, but she was scheduled to go to Taiwan last year, I think. And I think it's just kind of like a, a shaking hands thing. I don't think there's really anything to it. We, now we sell arms to Taiwan, but I don't think she's directly involved in that. But I think she she was scheduled to go, and then Beijing came out and said, don't you dare. And then she's like, oh, shoot, I feel bad. I might have COVID. I can't go. And everybody was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now I really have to give her props, and this is mark the tape because I don't know if I've ever given Nancy Pelosi props. She is standing up to many people in her own party and Beijing and still going to Taiwan. I think that's pretty awesome. I don't know about you. But – my question for you is, serious question, speaking of Beijing. Serious question. Were you at the Olympics last year? <laughs> no, Ryan, I was not at the Olympics last year. Okay, thanks for your clarification. No I was problem. watching. You should have told me that ahead of time because I watched like all two weeks of that looking for you looking in the crowd. For me? Yeah. Well, I did tell you that I might be there. 
I don't think you did. Yeah, no, you're no, right. I, think I didn't. This was a mistake on my yeah, part. Yeah, no, you got that wrong completely. Your turn. Okay. Uh, have you heard this one? Uh, NYC wants to rename monkeypox. New York City? Yep. Uh, <laughs> okay. New York City's health department is calling on the World Health Organization to rename the monkeypox virus. In a letter to the WHO, Department of Health and Mental Hygiene Commissioner, Dr. Ashwin Vasen, mm-hmm. you know, I'm familiar. Right. Uh, wrote that New York City is concerned about, quote, potentially devastating impacts to the messaging around monkeypox um, and how it can impact vulnerable communities. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I'm fr- OK. I like Ashwin Vachter's other work. I'm not sure about this. Is that your question? No. Uh, oh. Let me just clarify here. NYC uh, joins many public health experts uh, in continuing uh, to push to exclude the term monkeypox, given the stigma it may engender and the painful and racist history within which terminology like this is rooted for communities of color. Serious question. Serious question. Do you think the name monkeypox is racist? I think the only people thinking that it's racist are people who want it to be racist. Had you, you thought? I hadn't thought about it at all as racist. No, of course not. I What I thought when I read this story initially was that they were going to be pushing to change the name monkeypox to make it something that sounded scarier. Oh. So people would take it more seriously. Have you heard about this other one? My wife told me last night, I can't remember the name of it, but it's... It's coming out of, I think, Central Africa. It's called like the Mercs or so. It starts with an M. I can't remember the name of it. Have you heard about this Mm-mm. yet? And people are going, oh, here's the next one that they're going to. Oh, you know, okay. No, not enough to talk about it. Yeah, I don't I, It either. was mentioned in casual conversation. That's me. the only thing I've heard, too, is people mentioning it. Okay, so do you think that the name Monkeypox is racist? I can't believe that we're still there. Yeah. I can't believe that somebody, this is the epitome of pearl clutching, like, We've got to protect people because nobody's, as far as I know, nobody's using this in a racist context. No. It, okay. It's, I, I don't even, why is it called monkeypox? Do we know? Did no. it come from monkeys? I have no idea. Serious question. Or is it just like big boils and they just called it, you know, they're just like referring to it as like a bigger chicken pox or something. I don't know. I don't have enough information about this, but okay. I was just surprised. Serious question. Do you think we should change Serious it? Serious question. Obviously, you don't. You haven't thought about that I in a racist context. That, that's the problem is that these kind of things make people go there in their mind that weren't even there. Was not even close. <laughs> even I had to make it halfway through this article to know. Like what they're even talking why about. Why they wanted to change it. <laughs> right. But again, my assumption was they were going to want to change it to make it sound scarier uh-huh. so people would take it more seriously. Yeah. 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 Well, we're on the same page on that one. All right. Serious question. Mega Millions jackpot. You following this one? Nope. Oh, yeah. The billions? It's a billion yes. dollars now. You, billion. My automatic response is nope, not following that. No yeah. idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like Live your, under a rock. Your improv comedy <laughs> technique is nope. to always deny. <laughs> right. They tell you, always say, yes, and, yes, and. You're like, uh, nope. nope. <laughs> oh, wait, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. and. Uh, yes, Continue. and. Um, the, the story is written so dumb. So you've beaten the infinitesimal Mega Millions odds and are now staring down a life-changing influx of cash. So they're saying, if you won... Not just what you would do with it, but the reason I thought this was interesting is because it's it's a topic I've never actually... It's always like, well, what would you do with a million dollars? What would you do with a billion dollars in this case? How would you... 
you know, the tax issues of do you get it over time? Do you get it all at once? Mm -hmm. How do you avoid the government getting most of the money? This one brought up an interesting question. Serious question. What do people do with the ticket once they know it's a winner? Because here's the thing that this article talks about. It does not mean just because you're holding the ticket doesn't mean and like that you bought it, they can't trace that to you. So if somebody were to walk up and just boop, snatch that out of your hand, that's their ticket now. I mean, that's stealing. So if you could prove that it was stolen, you could do that. But like between you and getting that thing signed by an official, that is a billion dollars you're holding on a little ticket right there. Serious question. Serious question. Have you ever robbed anyone? <laughs> <laughs> one time just fess it up here yeah one time in it was kindergarten or first grade statute of limitations run out you're fine continue this girl had an hourglass like one of those little probably came from like a scrabble board not a scrabble mm-hmm. you know uh mm-hmm. you know categories board or something yeah. she had it in her little cubby space at school and i wanted it so i took it and then the teacher uh, found out and then asked me if it was mine and I said yes and then she asked me again and I said no and I got my monkey taken down from the vine and I cried a lot and I still have guilt over that. Wow, mm-hmm. as you should. Yeah. Uh, I took a piece of candy from Aldi once when I was a, probably a four or five year old. Maybe a little older than that because I can remember it. And uh, the problem is not that I took the piece of candy. It's that later my mom found out that I had taken a piece of candy and man, did I get some shame there. And also I took it at gunpoint. You took it at gunpoint? <laughs> Ridiculous. Is it my turn again? Yeah, your turn. All right. Um, so Chris Rock is speaking out about the infamous slap. He uh, was last heard saying at this was at a comedy show at the PNC Bank Art Center in New Jersey. Uh, Hamdel, New Jersey. Uh, he brought up the incident and he said, uh, quote, I'm not a victim, but after being slapped by Will Smith, uh, he it that it did hurt. And he used an ex- expletive. Um, Which here, expletive? Uh, the S word. Mm. Uh, that S hurt <laughs> is what he said. Is this um, the first time he's spoken about it? No, I think he's meant he started working it into his acts, but um, oh, man. for whatever reason, it made the headlines again today that that S hurt, but he took that S off and went to work the next day because uh, he because he says, I don't go to the hospital for a paper cut. Uh, he's so, using the S word in a variety of ways there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I actually admire his wordsman. Yeah. Yeah, he's using it as a synonym for a lot of different Mm -hmm. words. I like it. I use words, other words, other four-letter words like that Mm -hmm. sometimes off the air. Uh, Serious question. Do you think Chris Rock and Will Smith will ever be friends again? (laughs) Serious question. As if beforehand. These are two buddies. I mean, this was like... I mean, this was, I, I always was like, oh man, it should, instead of Martin Lawrence, it should have been Chris Rock and Bad Boys because they were that close. I know. The chemistry would have been amazing. I know. I think like man. family parties together, mm-hmm. vacations. Mm-hmm. How do you think? Do you yeah, think the whole, I mean, it was like this? everybody just said, like, it was like almost like a celebrity couple, a rocksmith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to answer your serious question, I, I would have to say yes. They were just too close for this to come between them. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> well, we're out of time, so we'll, we'll end there. I won't even make you answer that question. So I well, think clearly I have the right answer. Obviously. All right. Another hour of Wiggins America coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.